You're listening to the Tweakle Podcast. I got a message from a young lady over the weekend. Now, I'm, I'm assuming it's a young lady by the name, so if this is your message and you're not a young lady, just, just don't be angry with me. <laughs> so, I was asked if my doing this podcast was because I was lonely. Yeah, simply put, no. See, I have a lot of friends and family that I enjoy being around. I'm, I'm an introvert of sorts, true, but I still like hanging out with people. But, I have a real short list of those that I like to hang out with. I'm very peculiar people that I want to spend time with. Now that, that's why I do the podcast. I like hanging out with you all. This, this is our time together. So from the Vault 319 recording room, I'm Jake Alexander, and this is the Twinkle Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Jake Alexander in the Vault 319 recording room. This is the Twinkle Podcast. Good Wednesday to you. How the hell are you? I hope you are all doing well. I had me a very good weekend and a very weird yesterday. Well, not so much weird. It was just funny, I should say. Uh, I didn't do much of nothing over the weekend. Just hung out with the family and, you know, watched anime, watched movies, and, you know, generally ate myself silly. And uh, yesterday it was kind of funny. We uh, went for a walk and then we basically got caught in the rain. And uh, that was the first time my kids ever got caught in the rain, but they seem to enjoy it. They like, they like the um, running around in the rain and splashing in the water. So, you know, it's all well and all good. Um, it's just a regular old Wednesday and uh, that's nothing really going on. It's just turning out to be one of those work weeks that you can't wait for it to be Friday. And thankfully today's Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday and you know, Friday will be here soon enough and then we'll get back to another episode that Friday and we'll have some fun this Friday. Uh, but yeah, it's just a regular episode today. We're going to review Loki uh, episode four and man, that this episode just, oh, just, just wait when we get to talking about it, you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, but first we get into that, let's get into a little bit of the news. So let's start off the news with some real life trouble in the uh, legal world. Um, Smallville actress Allison Mack, if you don't remember her, uh, Allison Mack was the young lady that played uh, Chloe, and she was basically um, the Clark Kent character's kind of right hand woman slash like Overwatch type of person. Whatever. Uh, she was in Smallville, and she got sentenced today to three years in prison and got to pay a twenty thousand dollar fine. Uh, she pled guilty a few months back to uh, blackmailing women and uh, getting them into this cult where they suffered sexual humiliation and uh, sometimes detention uh, at the hands of the uh, group leader. A dude's name was Keith Ramirez. Um, it was basically a cult, but they were like, they told everybody they were like a self-help organization, but whatever, it doesn't matter. She got three years in prison for her uh you know, for her pleading guilty. I'm surprised it's only three years, but I guess because she pleaded guilty, she only got three years. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it would have been a hell of a lot more had she, like, you know, played innocent and they found her guilty and probably was 15 years or something, who knows. Um, but going from somebody going into prison to somebody coming out of prison, oddly enough, a few hours ago, Bill Cosby was released after a Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania court overturned his conviction. Um, he was sentenced to 10 years on multiple charges that included uh, sexual misconduct. And he's been in jail for nearly two years, but now he's out. <laughs> so I'm not about to start some shit storm about whether he was guilty or innocent. Not. All I know is that his case got overturned and he is out now and uh, he can't be tried again for it. So y'all can discuss that amongst yourselves. So <laughs> we're going to move on from that and try to make, make some sense of it. Um, Transforming news. Uh, Ron Perlman, he's been tapped to voice Optimus Primal in the uh, live action Rise of the Beast movie. So this remember, this movie is supposed to take place right after the Bumblebee movie. Uh, like I said before, I, I, anything Transformers, I'm all for it. Now that uh, we know that Ron Perlman is going to voice Optimus Primal, I'm all for it. I like Ron Perlman. He's a really good dude. I really like uh, Hellboy. Oh, who the hell didn't like Hellboy? The first two, not that third one. Third one was weird. I understand it was more, you know, closely related to the comic book, but it was just weird. I didn't like it as much as the first two, even though I did like it. Um, this is not the first time Ron Perlman has voiced Optimus Primal. There was a Transformers uh, web series called uh, Power of the Primes or Power to the Primes or something like that. And uh, he was the voice for Optimus Primal in that. So he's basically just reprising the role he's already he's already done. So I can't wait to see how that turns out. I Like like I said, I like Ron Perlman. He's a good actor. Um, if you're into Batman and things of Batman, then you obviously know who Nightwing is. Nightwing was supposed to have a movie. Uh, they were supposed to start filming it. I want to say middle of last year. Then it got shelled for obvious reasons. Um, then the director who was uh, Chris McKay, he was basically saying that the movie was about to be stonewalled and shelved by WB, but it looks like it still has life. So if you are really into Nightwing, I mean, I like Nightwing, but I'm not like into him as most people are. Um, but yeah, he, it looks like the movie is still going to happen at some point. And then, uh, Chris McKay, the director, like I said, he's still hoping that it could happen. Uh, I'm all for it. I don't care. I don't, I'm not like some super duper Nightwing fan, but I like Nightwing. So if they're going to do a movie about him, I only got one thing to ask. Very little to no Batman in the film, please. Let's not make this another Batman movie that focuses on Nightwing. Just make it a Nightwing movie. He has decent stories and comic book uh, stories that y'all can fall on. Just, just stick with that. Um, in the movie, still in the movie sphere, if you were into the animated film Sing, then you're going to love the new trailer. Uh, Sing 2 is coming out and the trailer for it is out. and It's a really good trailer. It made me laugh. It's cute. Uh, it's obviously a kid's movie, you know, with all the cute animals singing all the top pop hits, but it's still about a story about overcoming tragedy in pursuit of a dream so the adults can enjoy it too. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, where else can the trailer be found? It's on the Tweakle Podcast Instagram page. If you haven't seen it, go over there and watch it. Um, also, on the Instagram page is another trailer for the movie Don't Breathe 2. So it's been five-ish, four and a half, five-ish years since uh, Stephen Lang first came uh, on the streams as Norman Nordstrom and Don't Breathe. So he's back doing it, uh, the same character. He's reprising the role. Uh, it seems like Norman Nordstrom in this one is more of a sympathetic figure because he's adopted a young girl who's played by Madeline Grace. So... I don't know how this one's going to turn out. It's probably going to be a bunch of shades of gray about his character going on. Uh, either way, I don't care. It's Stephen Lang. Pretty much I've, pretty much everything Stephen Lang has ever been in, I like. He's just a really good character actor. Uh, and, you know, it's never too soon or never too early in the year for some good horror suspense films. So 
Don't Breathe 2 is due out August 4th. Go watch the trailer on the Instagram page. You know where it is. Uh, and finally, July 7th. Circle that on your calendar. Why? Because on that day, Disney Plus is giving us a new Simpsons short entitled The Good, The Bart, and The Loki. So Tom Hiddleston will, sarcastic shock inserted here, uh, he's voicing Loki as the god of mischief invades Springfield and the Simpsons universe. I have no idea where this is going to go, but it's not like this is the first time that uh, the Simpsons have crossed over with something not too long ago. They crossed over with Star Wars, and it, I mean, it's not really a surprise. Loki is such a big hit right now. Why not cross the Simpsons over and, you know, get some uh, extra cachet out of uh, Loki? Uh, I can't wait to see that one, obviously, because Loki's really good, Tom Hiddleston's really good, and the Simpsons are iconic right so no telling what will come after this but hey disney has so many damn properties that they can cross over not just with each other but with the simpsons in general so let's see where this happens but it doesn't matter i'll be watching it it's that's just a kind of a you know dork i am it is what it is and speaking of loki let's take a pause for the cause i'm gonna grab me some coffee and when we come back we're gonna talk about loki episode four hey done so today is wednesday and we have loki episode four titled the nexus event and quite frankly it should have been entitled the therapy i'm gonna need after watching this damn episode and i'll get into why i say that later so let's go over the episode but before i do it warning spoiler alert spoilers are right ahead because i'm about to literally go over the entire episode real quick if you haven't seen it stop go watch it come back listen to this episode and then we'll move forward i don't want to spoil nothing for you if you haven't seen it but if you have seen it hey let's get started so when the episode opens we find a young sylvie who is the princess of asgard being brought into the tva for simply being born the tva agent that picked her up is none other than ravana Renslayer. she's not a judge she's a minuteman at this point Sylvie escapes her trial by stealing the temp pad off Ravana's hip. Sylvie goes on to explain in the episode while talking to Loki that she grew up running from the TVA, jumping from time to time before realizing that hiding in the apocalypse was the only way to keep them off her trail. And to my surprise, Lamentus is actually being destroyed with them on it, and they are truly in danger from being there. This isn't a trick by either one of them trying to play against the other. They are saved from their deaths because the TVA finds them in a Nexus event, the Nexus event, due to them growing close, basically falling in love with each other, which is technically them falling in love with themselves. Yeah, this is narcissism at its finest, but that's okay. So Loki and Sylvie are then taken into custody again uh, from Lamentis by the TVA and imprisoned inside. Loki is temporarily tortured by Mobius as he gets put in a time loop cell. This sale sees Loki relive the moment where he is slapped, kicked in the balls, and told that he'll always be alone by none other than Lady Sif, played by a returning Jamie Alexander. So, side note right here, we need uh, Lady Sif back, like in the MCU. So, somehow or another, just get it done. But Mobius returns to interrogate Loki as Hunter B-15 takes Sylvie back to the Rock's Cart store as to not be discovered. It is here that B-15 realizes the truth that everyone in the TVA is, in fact, a variant. Sylvie even goes the extra length of showing uh, B-15 some former um, memories that she had had in her life long before she ever was inducted into the TVA. 
Mobius uh, simultaneously learns the exact same truth and he returns to Loki in order to free him. Uh, he tells Loki in a kind of rather awesome moment that, hey, just in case no one told you, you could be anything or anyone you ever want, even if somebody good. I actually thought that was a pretty cool moment. Uh, that tenderness doesn't last all that long. Uh, as they break out, Ravona and some TVA agents um, intercept them, and she orders Mobius to be pruned right then and there, which is sh shocking to say the least. Uh, Loki and Sylvia are still in custody, and they're taken before the timekeepers to find out their uh, their final verdict. Uh, Loki is all bravado in the face of deletion as usual and Sylvie is basically defying herself but she's basically and she basically tells the uh, t the uh, timekeepers hey uh, you're worried about us because we know the truth and you're scared of us uh, their sentence is never passed down because Hunter B-15 breaks in at the last second and frees the Loki from their uh, their neck devices uh, they battle the TVA agents and Ravana and eventually uh, come uh, come out on top the timekeepers are basically trying to reason with them, but you know, that basically just makes the Lokis angry and Sylvie beheads one of them by throwing her sword at him. Uh, the other two uh, timekeepers are basically laughing. Uh, she goes to kill both of them, but Loki stops her and shows her that, Hey, this head that rolled down here, these are not real people there. They turn out to be mindless androids, which we kind of all figured out. Right. The next moment is a gigantic what the absolute fuck. So, so just as Loki is about to confess his love and admiration for uh, Sylvie, Ravana comes back to consciousness and prunes our Loki uh, from behind. R Ravana and Sylvie kind of struggle for the pruning rod and um, Sylvie comes out on top. Ravana is basically daring her to go ahead and kill her with a look on her face that is somewhat like relief, and we'll talk about that in a second. But Sylvie stays her hand and says, nope, you're going to tell me everything. Now, that was a big letdown, but then there, after credit scene, basically ups the ante on an already high ante show, as our Loki is in a scene to still be in existence, somewhat, sort of, and he asks himself as he kind of rolls around on the ground, is he alive or is he in hell? And he's answered by a trio of very different looking Lokis standing over him. And that's where our episode ends. So y'all caught up. You got it? Sort of? Okay, so let's talk about it. So right off the bat, three words come to mind after I, uh, basically while I was watching this show and even after I watched the show. And I said them already. What the fuck? I mean, seriously, like all the questions, all the theories, all the uh, pondering that I've come up with so far, that's, that's all out the window. That None of it matters anymore. Uh, everything that has happened in this episode, it just throws everything that I could possibly come up with right down the chute. I have absolutely nothing. I don't know anything about what's going to happen next. Uh, I, all my comic book knowledge of uh, the the uh, of Loki and the Enchantress and the TVA and what could possibly happen leading into the multiverse of madness and all that, all that's gone. I have no more theories. I'm not even going to try to come up with um, all my questions. I'll, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to try to enjoy this. Uh, everything that happened in this episode, in it, I'm, I'm sorry, everything that happened in this episode, it does bring up three things with, uh, that I think that I want to address real quick. Like, Number one, the TVA is the villain of the story. Um, I would say probably toward the middle of episode two, we kind of all thought that, right? I mean, considering that uh, this is Loki, the series is Loki, and Loki is the main uh, character, I don't think making him the actual villain in the story, that would have made any sense. That would have been overly ridiculous. So we kind of all figured that uh, the TVA was going to be the uh, 
be the villain. Uh, we kind of knew it was going to be the villain because Judge Renslayer is King the Conqueror's girlfriend. So how could she be running the TVA and uh, Loki not be not so much the villain, but the anti-hero, I guess you could say. And, and let's be for real, the TVA, once you start kidnapping people and for simply just being born in other timelines, you you are definitely the villain, right? All your moral high ground is out the window. You have nothing, no leg to stand on. Uh, number two of something I was thinking about, uh, Ravana Renslayer, is, she has to be being controlled by King the Conqueror, right? Um, I mean, in, in a sense, I was right before when I, when I brought her up that she was running the TVA and that the timekeepers were frauds, but I was definitely wrong in my assumption that she was doing it, uh, you know, all by herself. Uh, at this point, I'm pretty sure she's being controlled for some reason by King the Conqueror. Like I said, in the comic book, she's his girlfriend, uh, for, you know, for extenuating circumstances. I think the same type of extenuating circumstances will be, uh, propped up in this show at some point or another. You know, and I, I get the I get the idea that all her trickery and lying is due to being forced by Kang. And, uh, you know, because of look, I mean, look at the look on her face uh, after uh, Sylvie subdues her uh, after she prunes Loki. Like she basically dared Sylvie to kill her. Right. But the but the look on her face, like I said before, it was like almost relief. I mean, like, go watch the episode again and look at her face, look at her eyes. Like killing her would have been almost uh, like a you know, it would have been decent revenge. Sure. But it was this is like much she almost welcomed it. So like, like she was happy to see it all in. So that's not the action of a mastermind. It's the action of a puppet. And really, let's be for real. Kang the Conqueror is may just be the like overall arcing villain for this phase of the MCU. Why would he only show up in one movie? Because he's showing up in uh, Ant-Man um, and uh, in Quantumania. I mean, that movie is, if I'm not mistaken, that's slated to be the last one in the phase, this phase. There's no way they're going to wait all the way to the end of this phase to bring up such a giant bad guy. He's going to have to pop up at some point or another along the way, right? In one movie here and there, or you see his presence being felt one way here and there in some other, in uh, some fashion. So him popping up and him being the one that's controlling uh, uh, Ravana, it, it, it would make sense here. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that she's going to, uh, by the time episode six is over, we'll see that, yeah, she was being controlled for whatever reason, probably for the same comic book reasons. And, and number three, something that I caught that was uh, that I wanted to address. I'm pretty sure by the time this is all done, by the time episode six is over, Loki will leave the TVA with Sylvie and Mobius will return to keep the TVA running. So follow me here. So I understand that the TVA is the, you know, the, uh, the villain in this story, but the TVA still has a, you know, a job to do. And it's actually a, an, an ideal job. They, maybe the TVA keeping the sacred timeline or the timeline, uh, timelines from crashing into each other. That's fine. But maybe the way they're going about it is just completely the wrong way. Um, so maybe Mobius gets brought back the same way that Loki gets brought back as the episode, uh, as, as the series comes to an end, he comes back and he runs the TVA, but he does it in a different way. I mean, that's not so much a theory. I know that sounds like a theory, but it's not really a theory as it's basically using the comic book to kind of ret, uh, this is basically a retconning of what happens in the comics. I mean, the first time we see the TVA in the comics, the fantastic four are being put on trial by judge Mobius. He's the judge. He's not a TVA, uh, field agent. He's, he's the judge. Uh, and the, the MCU doesn't basically retcon things in order to make them new stories in the comic books. 
Um, they just kind of reimagined them in different ways, but they basically use the same storylines. So I can see Mobius being saved, like I said, in the same manner that Loki is saved, and he comes back to be the head of the TVA. That would be awesome. I can also see Agent B-15 becoming like the top investigator, her taking over for where Mobius is now. That'd be a hell of a cool, that'd be a cool upgrade to her character, because she's a hell of a, you know, she's a boss-ass minute man. So her becoming like the lead investigator or the head field agent would be pretty dope. <laughs> so so overall for me, I, I love the episode because like from the first three episodes, they were very story driven with splashes of action. Um, you got some great banter between Mobius and, and Loki and you got some downtime between uh, Mobius and Ravana in a couple spots. Uh, but this episode was all about character development and displaying the best acting that I've seen, in my opinion, thus far in the series, um, where episode three was completely about Loki and Sylvie. Um, I was expecting that this one was going to be, hey, we need to get back into the TVA and bring back in those three main characters of Mobius, Ravon, and B-15. And sure enough, that's what they did. Uh, they were brought back into the story proper, and you could probably expect that the narrative would drag, but it didn't. Uh, all five characters, Mobius, Ravana, B-15, Loki, and Sylvie, they all showed up and they all showed out. They had their time to shine and shine they did, believe me. Ravana was still level-headed even be, even after she was found out to be, you know, lying about everything. Mobius is still the heart of the show. Uh, his banter back and forth between Loki, even though it was short, it was still like on par with everything that had happened before. Uh, B-15, she's still a badass but now she has a little bit more warmth to her you kind of feel for her. she's not just this stone cold agent out there um loki and sylvie are still you know likable or as likable as a loki can be basically um every character has uh one or two beats uh that play up the drama and there's a lot of moments that are like they it makes you want to get therapy after watching this episode. And I, I seriously, man, there are so many, there are so many plot points that they jump through and this is, it just leaves you like, holy crap, you're on the edge of your seat and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it is just, it's just a really good episode. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm, that I'm saying that this episode was perfect. It wasn't, it was by far, uh, it was by far not a perfect episode, even though I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it still felt rushed in a bunch of parts um right when you go back to uh loki and sylvia on lamentous one and they're sitting there looking at each other's eyes and loki is basically telling her hey like you know you invaded the tva and you had this plan and you did it you are like so damn awesome and she's like smiling thinking that she was uh like she had failed and he's looking at her uh and they're looking at each other and they have this like like coming together moment and you can see that they're like falling for each other which is, I, I still say is weird but hey uh considering that loki is like the old one of the ultimate narcissists i mean who the hell are you else gonna fall in love with but yourself another version of yourself right um but that scene between those two on lament is one it's it just cut really short because you know, it's an impending apocalypse and then the next thing you know two temporal portals open back up only for them to rush through and get arrested uh i i, I just wanted them to have just a little bit more I'm not going to say a little bit more time together, but a little bit more of that kind of play out and really force those two together. It was just too short. It wasn't bad. It was just too short in my, in my uh, opinion. Um, the unceremonious arrival of Jamie Alexander's Lady Sif. Look, I want Lady Sif to show back up. I don't know if her character is dead. She hasn't been, God, I don't know where she's been in maybe five or six movies. It's been more than that. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, she was 
brought back in just as a simple plot device and that was a kind of a letdown i just like like i said i just wonder if she's alive or did she perish in ragnarok or on asgard or uh where is she basically i just want to know uh thor love and thunder perhaps maybe she shows up in that more lady sif more lady sif we need more lady sif she's a, really a good character but yeah uh just using her as a plot device uh jamie alexander deserves more uh i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure she's going to show up in thor love and thunder <laughs> so um i wish we could have seen uh what the minuteman b15 was shown the memories uh that sylvie shown that showed her i wish we could have seen those we saw what happened inside of uh c20's head when uh sylvie kidnapped her um i wish we could have seen what b15 saw it would have been nice to see maybe she was a mother i don't know maybe she's a mother maybe she was a musician which kind of would have been cool if she was like a musician and a singer that would have tied into her uh time on lovecraft country because she was a singer in that one uh it would have been kind of cool either way to see what what was going on in her head it, uh it would have given us more of a reason to root for b15 because b15 is like i said is a badass great character um uh and she kind of disappears off screen during the fight inside of the timekeeper's chamber she like gets punched by one of the tva agents that's helping ravana out and then she just falls and then we don't see her the rest of the freaking show and i just want to know what happened to her i hope they didn't kill off her character because they need to keep her character intact um speaking of pruning the uh pruning of mobius that oh my god that happened so quickly and so just abruptly and then they just kept it moving it right so uh, uh when mobius gets pruned he says uh hey he he's basically answering a, a question that ravona asked him earlier when she thought everything was you know back on the up and up she asked him uh, if you can go into any time what time would you go and he didn't have an answer so now right before he gets pruned he's answering her he says hey if i could go anywhere i'd go back to the time that uh basically the tva kidnapped me from uh because maybe i had jet skis that's that's a call back to him having the jet ski magazine on his uh on his desk and him not knowing exactly why he had it just maybe he thought they were cool but um that's that it would have been nice that he could have seen some memories of what he was before the tva uh got him and then he gets pruned that would have made his characters so much better uh i don't know but yeah him getting pruned as fast as he did was that hurt man that truly hurt i'm sitting there watching it and he gets caught and he hands over the temp pad that he had stolen from ravana and he's still talking and she just out of the blue says prune him and and before i could react to like did she actually say that he gets pruned and i literally say holy shit because you don't see it coming and it happens so damn fast and i thought that was that was unceremonious too uh but yeah man there is just so many emotional spots that are cut short for lack of time and the need to like keep the narrative moving i'm pretty sure if this series was more than six episodes that it's going to be a lot of those plot points would have been you know elongated and i wish they were elongated um like i said it's not something that uh that they i don't think they really did it on purpose like i said it's only six episodes so i'm pretty sure they shortened them because they are trying to drive the story forward um Hey, I'm, I'm willing to forgive all those little things that happened that I just mentioned simply because we got two episodes left. They got some time to flush out all the ethos and uh, hopefully it, it's a payoff, especially now that we see three uh, Loki standing over our timeline. Loki like, hey, like he said, am I am I dead or am I in hell? And they said, no, well, no, not yet. 
So, okay, so what does that mean? Like, hey, he's coming back. Oh, side note about that scene, uh, that after credit scene, when he's laying down and he says, am I dead? Am I in hell? Cut on the uh, closed caption and look at the spelling of hell. It's not H-E-L-L like we would spell it. It's H-E-L. Now, there's something funny about that. Yeah, in, in his universe, hell is spelled H-E-L, but his daughter is named hell, H-E-L, the exact same name, his actual daughter from the comic. So, oh, that I, I don't I don't know if they're going to actually have his daughter daughter his you know his proper daughter in the TV series maybe that's just the you know kind of an Easter egg that they threw in there for people paying attention and with the closed captions on I watch everything with the closed captions on I'm not hard of hearing I can see but I'm one of those weird people that likes the closed captions on so I can catch a little stuff like that but yeah it been it's it, it was kind of neat they threw that in there that is that they spelled it hell that was kind of dope <laughs> but uh, hey like I said uh, before man I ain't got no more. No more theories about what's going to happen going forward. I'm just out. I'm just out of theories. I refuse to come up with more. I'm just going to uh, enjoy the ride from here on out. So I'm out of coffee. So I'm going to go get me another cup of coffee real quick. And when I come back, we're going to wrap this up and get out of here. So stay tuned. So what did we learn from watching episode four? Uh, the only thing I've learned is that I am done making theories. <laughs> Seriously, I am not making any more theories for Loki, and I probably won't make any more theories for anything that comes in the MCU. Uh, Kevin Feige and company have figured out a way to throw me every curveball that they could possibly throw me, and I'm not seeing anything coming. The only thing I can tell uh, thus far from everything from the three Disney Plus shows so far and what may come for the mcu in the next phase the only thing i can tell thus far is that i'm going to enjoy uh, i'm loving these stories i'm loving loki the most out of the three disney plus shows thus far and i can't wait to see what happens next uh next episode obviously is next wednesday uh but until then i will see you all on friday and we're going to have a conversation about that nah, i'm not going to tell you you just gonna have to do it uh, but until then, uh, I'll tell you the same thing I always tell you. I'm so happy that you tuned in to listen to this pokey little podcast. It doesn't matter if it's one, five, ten, a hundred thousand of you. And hopefully we get to a thousand in somehow or fashion this soon, uh, sometime in the future. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just happy you tuned in. I love doing these things and I'm, I'm hoping you enjoy them just as much as I hope. Uh, uh, I hope you enjoy listening to them just as much as I enjoy doing them. That's what I had to say. Listen to me stutter. So. Uh, but yeah, until then, tell you the same thing I always tell you. God bless. I love you and peace.